Greetings, Mabuno family. I want to give a very special shout out to all the different Mabuno campuses across the world who are watching uh, this today. I also want to give a special shout out as usual to our online uh, audience as well. There are many people watching from different countries in the world who are not in a physical Mavuno church. Uh, my name is Pastor Moravi Wanjao. I'm the senior pastor of Mavuno church and it's so I'm so happy. I mean we've been going through an incredible series this month. We're coming to the end of January and you know it's interesting because uh, we completed our fast you know, it's like, it's amazing. We've come through a month where we've finished our fast and today is the last day. Come on, somebody. So, so exciting. I mean, tell your neighbor, you're looking good. Uh, you haven't looked good like this in a long time. I mean, you're looking so amazing. Uh, so good to see everybody looking so amazing. I hope I'm looking good as well. Uh, I'm so glad to be bringing God's word to you today. And we're going through a series, we're calling it Champions League. Uh, we're really saying that, you know, there's some ancient training routines that can help all of us to start this journey towards, uh, towards achieving great exploits for God. Because our theme verse this year is Daniel 11.32. The people who know their God shall be strong and do exploits. And when it comes to following Jesus, none of us was built for junior league. None of us was built for children's league. Every one of us was created for purpose, for the champions league. And what we are saying is every one of us is meant to play at the top level. So we want to learn the things that help us get ready to play in the Champions League. Now, we learned about fasting. Uh, fasting is for all of us. It prepares us for the miraculous. And today, is, uh, as we're finishing this fast, I know that many of you have seen breakthroughs. Uh, congratulations to all of you who've taken this journey. We've prayed together every morning at 4.30 a.m. And I've loved hearing the testimonies uh, of different ones sharing what God has done supernaturally in their life in this season. Many of you have gotten breakthroughs, miraculous breakthroughs. Others of you, God has given you the perseverance to keep going despite the fact that your circumstances are the same. Uh, and that's the season you're supposed to be in, in right, right now. And I bless God for that. That's what fasting does, prepares us to hear God's voice. We discovered also that we learn from wisdom and not consequences. And how do we do that? By daily Bible reading. We're going through the church, uh, the New Testament together as a church this week, uh, this month, this year. <laughs> this year. And I mean, last, uh, and, and, and this is something, by the way, if you're new to Mavuno, we want to invite you to join us. You can actually see uh, information on our website. Uh, it'll tell us what our daily verse, actually, I love the fact that our website has a prompt, tells you what your daily reading uh, is that day. In case you don't have the app, you can just go to our website, www.mavunochurch.org, and you'll be able to see what we're supposed to be reading uh, today. Uh, you'll also, uh, we also talked about giving as another ancient practice that helps us express our divine DNA. And as a church family, we're committed this year towards tithing faithfully, giving sacrificially, what we call our fast fruits. And again, you can learn more about that on our website just go to our website you'll see a banner written fast fruits and all this and more you can find on our website uh, www.mavunochurch.org or you can download our app uh, the Mavuno app on the Android store and it's got all this content and more now today we want to talk about this last training routine the, the fourth uh, and it's a really important one by the way this one why it's so important is if you do it well it's going to make it easier for you to do the other three it's essential. It's an essential practice in sports. It's an essential practice in family. It's essential at work as well. And it's essential in your spiritual life. God's people in the Bible practiced it. Uh, from Abraham to David to Moses to Paul to Jesus himself. And I want to ask you to turn with me now to your scriptures. Mark chapter 3. If you've got your Bible with you. 
Mark chapter 3, verse 13 to 19. Uh, it's going to be on your screen as well. And the title of my message is Greatness is a Team Sport. Greatness is a Team Sport. If there's anyone in the Bible who lived a successful and great life, it was Jesus himself. By the age of 33, he had finished his whole journey. He had finished everything. <laughs> like he had finished, Kabisa, there was nothing left for him to do. In fact, at his death, instead of saying like many people say, if only, I wish, he had nothing like that. He said, it is finished. It is finished. No regrets, no wishing something had been done. He knew it was completed. And despite his youth, I mean, this is a 33-year-old speaking, despite his youth, he had fully lived out God's purpose. And I believe the key part, a key reason for his success is what we're about to read right now. Mark chapter 3, verse 13 to 19. Here's what it says. It says, Jesus went up to a mountainside and called to himself those he wanted, and they came to him. He appointed 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. And these are the 12 he appointed. Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter. James, son of Zebedee and his brother John. To them he gave the names Boanegas, which means sons of thunder. Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. Now at the beginning of his ministry, when Jesus turned 30 years old, he was baptized in the Jordan River by John the baptizer, John the Baptist. And right after that, he took off uh, into the wilderness for 40 days of fasting and prayer. Fasting is a great way to establish a new ministry. And upon his return, the very first thing he did was to assemble a special group of people. First order of business. And from that time on, he was going to spend most of his time around these people. They would share life together. They would get to know each other deeply. They would serve together. He was going to teach them all that he could in the time he was with them. Eventually, they would end up continuing the ministry long after he was gone. Here's the amazing thing I want you to note. That even Jesus could not accomplish his purpose alone. The Son of God, the one who came from heaven, the one who had all power, he couldn't do it by himself. He needed to invest in others. And so he called together this team, the people who would become known as his disciples. Now, who's a disciple? In the Jewish culture, a disciple was a student or a learner, somebody who followed a teacher or a rabbi. Now, let me tell you a bit about how the Jews uh, grew up, the kind, of, the kind of school system that they went to. Jewish uh, children started what you'd call school at around five years old. And they did that in the local synagogue, which is a place of worship. They would primarily study the scriptures, uh, learning to read and learning to write. By the time they were 12, most students, note this, by the time they were 12, most students would have memorized the Torah, the first five books of the Old Testament. Memorized. Math, uh, what are the first five books? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Like they would have memorized that. We're talking about 12-year-olds. <laughs> So basically, I don't know how good your memory of scripture is, but 12-year-olds, this is what they're doing. And maybe it says something about how we bring up our children because we sort of uh, maybe baby them into Christianity. But these guys were serious. At this point, most of the young people would now go home and help with a family profession. But the best students would continue into what would be the equivalent of secondary school. 
And what they would do is memorize the rest of the scripture. So the first five books were done, and now they went into the rest of the scripture. And this was kind of the equivalent of, by the time you're done with what, you would, what we would call secondary school, they had memorized basically the whole of scripture. And at this point, they would, many of them would, would step out, but the most experienced, the most exceptional students would continue. And how would they continue? They would apply to a rabbi to become a follower or disciple. Now, the rabbis, I mean, these guys were specialists in different areas of scriptures. Each of them had a different flavor. Each of them had a different way, something that they were known for, a brilliance that they had in how they interpreted scripture. And so when a Jewish boy admired a rabbi, expressed interest to, be, uh, to go and to be uh, in, uh, apprenticed by this person, uh, the rabbi would have an interview, a formal interview of them. And the prayer of this, of this student would be to so impress the rabbi with their knowledge of scripture, with how eloquent they were, that the rabbi would say to them these words, very important words, follow me. And immediately those words were said, if you got that invitation, what you did is you went home, you took what you could carry, you abandoned the rest, and you followed this rabbi. It was one of the most privileged positions for a Jewish boy to be in, to be following a rabbi. And that's why when you read the story of Elijah, when he calls Elisha, Elisha just, he knows the drill. He burns everything. He understands what's going on in the culture. He understands it's time to follow my rabbi. You see, discipleship was not just the passing of information for the Jewish culture. It referred to spending time with your teacher, hearing their teachings, being a part of their family, observing them closely, learning to think like them, imitating their life, so that even if they died, it would be as if they hadn't died. Because you would be able to continue exactly where they left off. And what happened is when the rabbi finally felt, this student has become like me. They understand me. When people see them, they see me. The, he would do what is called a com He would commission his disciples, the ones who were ready. And you'd call them and say something like this. As far as it is possible, you are now like me. And now I give you the authority to go and to find others who will also imitate you. And because you are like me, when they imitate you, they will become like me. That's kind of what would happen. In the culture. I'd, I'd, for some people now, you're beginning to get, it's giving you some context into what you've always read in the scripture story of Jesus and his disciples. And that's what, exactly what's happening in our passage today. Jesus calling disciples to himself. But there's a twist, you see. And when you read this passage, you see a twist because instead of waiting for the disciples to apply, Jesus is the one who chose his disciples. He actually looked for them. Uh, he'd remind them later in John chapter 15, verse 16, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you so that you might go out and bear fruit, fruit that will last. The other thing that's also interesting in the way Jesus chose his disciples is the type of people Jesus picked. Uh, unlike the rabbis, he didn't necessarily look for the most qualified, uh, the most eloquent, the most well-dressed students. <laughs> he didn't look for the people who had good networks and good family names. In fact, in Acts chapter 4, verse 13, when Jesus had actually gone away and left the disciples, they were described by the religious scholars of the day, as the unlearned and ignorant men. I mean, these guys looked at them and said, these are unlearned and ignorant men. I mean, that's the kind of people that Jesus went for. The people who are available, but they were not the who's who of society. In fact, many times they seem to slow him down. They were very slow in understanding. Read the book of Mark. He, just, he, keeps him, he seems frustrated with them. He's like, how long will I keep teaching you guys this thing? It's like you people of little faith. Can't you get this? It's like they would take so long to get something. But these are the ones that Jesus chose. And these are the ones that Jesus chose to walk with. And he's the, they're the ones he chose to change the world with and commission. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20, he felt they were ready. And he says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go, 
Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And he said, surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Now, why is this so important to us? Why is this history so important for us? You know, unfortunately in our day, we wrongly separate the idea of discipleship from the idea of being a regular Christian. You see, in the New Testament, there's no such division. In the New Testament, by the way, the, the word that we use for people who follow Jesus is a disciple. The term disciple is used 269 times. The term Christian is only used three times. So in reality, there's no such thing as a Christian who is not a disciple. God's intention for all Christians is that you will be a disciple who makes disciples. That's what God created you for. One of my friends, he shared this diagram that I want to share with you. And in this diagram, he says some very interesting things uh, because it shows the contrast between different levels of people who call themselves Christians, people who operate, uh, in a sense, today as modern-day Christians. Uh, you're going to see that there's a bottom level called attendance. And most Christians, many Christians today are simply attenders. They come to church to get blessings and inspiration. They come to feel good about themselves. They want a sermon that will help them feel inspired and challenged. And because of that, they hop from ministry to ministry, looking for what will make them feel good. Now, many churches know that that's not the right thing. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a great entry point, but it's not where they should be. And so it, they, many churches try and help them to become members. And when you become a member, it means that you belong and you contribute. Maybe you're part of a small group. Maybe you're now on the ushering team or you're in the ministry, the worship team. Maybe you're even an elder or one of the, you're serving in one of the ministries. But you know, in the scripture, these two categories did not even exist. Discipleship for Jesus began with that invitation began with an invitation to a family. And family has to do with identity and sonship or daughtership. You see, sons and daughters, they know they belong. You belong in your, fam in your family home. You didn't choose church. You didn't choose, I mean, sorry, you didn't choose your church. It's God who placed you in that family. Just like I didn't choose my physical family. And you know, when I'm in my physical family, I'm not there for a season. That's my family for life. And it's the same way for people who understand family, when they understand sonship. I'm not here for good music. I'm not here for good sermons. I'm happy when they're there. But that's not the reason I'm in this church. I'm here because God wants me here. Family members are disciples who are learning from their leader how to disciple others. And in the process, they're becoming an army. And the army is the next level there. It has to do with discipline. They're learning discipline. They're learning how to follow hard. Discipline, uh, army has to do with order, with rank, with discipline. Here's the thing you need to understand. Only armies win wars. And many times we know we want to be fearless influencers. We say we're going to be fearless influencers of society at Mavuno Church. We want to change the world. We want to, uh, we want to go out into all sectors of society and make them disciple. We want them to make them look like what God would have them do. But listen, it's only armies that win wars. And God's first command to humans was that they would rule and have dominion over the earth. And that's why we're learning these practices of fasting, of Bible reading, of giving. And, 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 and we're learning because these are the things that will help us to overcome and to disciple every sector of society. But please note, you can't do this by yourself. You have to be part of an army. And only disciplined armies can catalyze movement. And that's the final step that you see there. The movement uh, uh, section. Movement has to do with fruitfulness and multiplication. It comes when as a church we become compelled by Christ's love, to leave our comfort zones and to make disciples of those around us in our schools, in our homes, in our businesses, in our industries, and in other parts of the world even. I think of a couple who go to Mavuno Lifeway, Matrid and James. 
who are now, I mean, they, their family owns a resort. But today they are discipling the workers in their family business. They, they don't just, they're not content to leave it as a business. They're discipling the people who work there. And it has gone so well that right now a church is about to be launched in their business, their family resort. Can you, come on somebody. I mean, that is what you call, that's how movement begins to happen. I'm not just content to come to church anymore. I want to make church. I want wherever I go, people are being discipled to become like Jesus. I think of Ben Waimani, a young man in Mavuno Mashariki, who every week he gathers children for a feeding program and he's, he's discipling them in the process. He, 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 he looks for resources. He doesn't have his own resources. He looks for resources to feed hundreds of children. And in the process, he's turning them into disciples. I mean, this is what God wants for every single one of us. Now, looking at this diagram, where would you categorize yourself? Where would you categorize yourself? Take a minute. I mean, this is, I'm serious. Like, I want you to actually think about that. Like, like, like where would you put yourself? Uh, you don't have to tell your neighbor. In fact, don't look at what your neighbor is writing. Just look at your own writing. But where would you categorize yourself? Are you an attender, member, family, army? Or are you in the movement? You know, in our passage... We read that Jesus appointed 12, that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach. Look at that order. Uh, that they might be with him speaks of family. It's like, come, let's hang out. Let's be together. Jesus wanted a spiritual family of people who would share life with him. And as they did, they would become more and more like him. And after that, he would send them out to preach. In other words, in the process of sharing life together, Jesus equips them so that they too have the same authority to teach others to become disciples. Remember what I taught you. God's intention is that you will become a disciple who makes disciples. Now at Mavuno, we believe you cannot be a Christian alone. You can't be great alone. Greatness is a team sport. You need to be in a group of disciples where you're intentionally shaped to become everything that God created you to be. You need to be in a place where you not only learn, but you also share life with others. That people get to know you. You know, it's interesting. You can't be a Christian anonymously. Uh, some of you like your space, but you know what? That space is what the enemy uses to hide in. It's in discipleship that we rub against each other and we get to know each other and we walk this journey and we become more and more what Jesus wants us to be. And in the process, we're equipped to start our own groups of disciples. In other words, our passion is to see everyone in Mavuno Church at some point being able to point to someone who is able to, who, who they can say, this person is discipling me. And in addition, that everyone at Mavuno Church is being equipped to disciple someone else. Remember, God's intention is that you will be a disciple who makes disciples. And so this January, we're challenging everyone who considers this to be their church to commit to be part of a discipleship group, what we call our DGs fondly. Our DGs, our discipleship groups are small groups that are comprised of people who live in a certain area. And they are led by a discipler. They are led by somebody, a discipler or a couple who disciple. And they typically meet on Wednesday evenings. Some meet virtually, although we're in the process now of trying to challenge and encourage as many as possible for them to meet physically. Every Wednesday night, for those that can, I mean, there's some that for some reason of work or something else, they're not able to, but we challenge as many as possible to meet Wednesday night. And we have what we call our family night, an online time of discipleship and teaching. And what our discipleship groups do is they watch it. They might watch it alone or they might watch it uh, on their way to the meeting or they might watch it together as a group. And then they discuss and they pray over what they've learned. They also do life together. That's what our discipleship groups do. They plan time to get to know each other socially. They visit each other's homes. They pray for each other's families. And they figure out ways to serve their community together every month. I mean, they attend our regular gatherings. 
which are concentrated times of teaching to fast track your growth as a disciple. Incidentally, by the way, the next gathering is coming up soon. You saw that uh, February 1st to 4th. Please make that, put, put that in your calendar. We'd love to have you come take time off work. Uh, this is why you're here on earth to follow Jesus and we want to equip you for your calling. Now, here's a major reason why these groups are so important, why this practice is so important. You see, in your discipleship group, you're encouraged in your fasting and prayer. You're encouraged in your Bible reading and you're encouraged in your giving. These things you will give up if you don't have people holding you accountable, walking with you. And if you're not passing this on to others as well. In other words, this is the one practice, training practice that will help you do the other ones really well. And in the process, it's going to help you become more and more like Jesus and ultimately to start your own discipleship family and help others become like Jesus. You see, as fearless influencers, this is how we change the world. This is how we change every nation and every industry and every profession and we turn them into a kingdom movement for good. God's intention is that you will be a disciple who makes disciples. And so these are the four ancient training routines. I mean, we're done. This is, this is it. This is fasting. It's Bible reading. It's generous giving. And it's being in a discipleship group. This year, I want to challenge you to practice all four of these uh, uh, training routines the whole year. Make it a commitment that this year, I'm going to practice all these four. Make them a part of your daily, your weekly, your monthly rhythms. Uh, and my prayer is that you, as you do them, and this is actually, I shouldn't even pray. I should prophesy. Let me prophesy that as you do them this year, this word that is our word for the church, Daniel 11:32. it will be your reality. The people who know their God, put your name there. The people who know their God will be strong and do exploits. This is your word for 2023. As I conclude, I want to hand over back to the different campuses, uh, campus pastors. And I want them to just talk about why they're excited about discipleship groups in their campuses and how, how you can be a part of that. Also to pray for all of us, maybe answer a few questions, but pray for all of us as we do great exploits and as we grow as followers of Jesus. This is going to be an amazing year for every single one of us as Mavuno Church. As, and so from your pastor, God bless you. Wow, and for the online campus, we have the privilege as usual this month of having Pastor James uh, from the Hill City Campus, uh, lead pastor of our Hill City Campus, our biggest campus uh, out in Athi River uh, in Kenya. Uh, he's helping us kind of process the message. You've been listening yeah. this whole month. Yeah. And uh, yeah, what, I've, I've been, and I've enjoyed listening. It's so good to be here. Thanks yeah, so much for having me. Yeah, great to have you. Yeah. yeah. Any takeouts, any thoughts yeah. so, um, as you listened? Yeah. I loved, I loved today, today's message. I think the biggest takeout for me is that uh, the only reason I'm, the only way I'm here as a follower of Jesus is because Jesus made disciples who made disciples. Yeah. Uh, the fact that they took that instruction in Matthew 28, the Great Commission, and they went and made disciples, but they didn't just make disciples. Their disciples made, made other, other disciples. disciples. Yeah. Uh, so that then um, many, many, I have no idea how many generations down the line. Wow. And that's the only way I'm here. You know, there's actually and, a direct line between you and Jesus. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Spiritual parent. Who, parent. Who, knows, who knows where it passed to oh, get to you? Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so for me, that's exciting because then it gives me clarity on why I need to be a disciple who makes disciples. Yeah. It's because not making disciples means I'm breaking break that heritage. Yeah, I'm breaking break the chain. Wow. Yeah. I'm here because someone was faithful. So I absolutely must be faithful awesome. to make disciples. And by the way, one of the yeah. reasons I always ask Pastor James about his takeout is because. Every one of us, but when you leave a message, whenever you listen to a message, always ask yourself, what's my takeout? Yeah. You might have a whole bunch of notes, but there must be one thing that you say, I've taken this out. Yeah. Here's my biggest application. 
that I want yeah. to apply. So please make and sure you write. It needs to be an application. Yes. It needs to be like yeah, I want here's to do something this I'll do as a yeah. result. So yeah. please just take yeah. out what is something that you you sense you're going to do mm-hmm. as a result of this message. Now, yeah. Pastor James, you've been you're actually in my discipleship group, yeah. uh, which is really cool. And yeah. then also in addition, you have your own discipleship group as yeah. well that you disciple. Yeah. Like, what's been your experience like? What's been the wow. most? Yeah. Like, um, Wow, I love it. I, I think I, I absolutely love discipleship, Pastor M. I love making disciples and I love being discipled. I learned that the, the, the most significant thing that happens for me when I allow myself and commit to be a disciple yeah. is that I get accelerated in different areas of my life. So that then when, when, when Docas and I come, uh, you know, with the rest of the uh, executive pastors, we call ourselves Club Fearless, that's our discipleship group name, and we come and sit with you and Pastor Caro, if we have a marriage conversation, yeah. it means that then, you know, we've been married 11 years, but we can start thinking as though we've been married 28 years. Yeah. And that's acceleration. If you have with us a money conversation, then the same thing happens in the area of our finances. So I love that, um, you know, it's a space where we are growing uh, spiritually and we are being challenged. You know, you hold us accountable uh, to read through the Bible, the New Testament, like we're doing this year and so on and so forth. But then also at a practical level, just in terms of life, there are, there are things that are your discipler calls out of you. There are ways that yeah. your discipler equips you uh, for life, for marriage, for leadership. And I've seen lots of uh, acceleration for myself and for Docas. I can genuinely say, Pastor M, there, there, there are areas we lead and a, and, a, and a level of effectiveness that we lead at uh, that we wouldn't be qualified for outside of leadership, wow. outside of discipleship. So God gives your, your, your discipler yeah. something for you. Yes. Uh, there's always Absolutely. a blessing that God gives you. Yeah. And one of my fun things has been watching your disciples yeah. and seeing things that we taught you guys becoming yeah. real for them. For them, you yeah. Know? Like yeah. the things I've seen, you guys have practiced yeah. and you've told us, yeah, we picked yeah. this up from you guys and yeah. we bring up our kids. Yeah. And then to see your own disciples, to yeah. see them starting to and do those things. Doing it, yeah. I mean, that's been most yeah. incredible. For and me. seeing the same fruit. Yeah, that, yeah. That, 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 you know, because the principle works, so uh, you know we learned it from you guys. It worked for you guys. We yeah. learned it from you guys. It's worked for us. It's working for the next generation. Wow! And you know, for you and Pastor Carol, you guys have also said you learned it from your disciples. Yes, we did. Uh, in many, in many ways. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's interesting because many, many, many of us we didn't learn this in church. Yeah. For us, church was you go to church and somebody preaches the gospel and you go home. Yep. And that's it. That's yeah. a discipleship experience. Yeah. And so when you're hearing this, maybe somebody's spooked here and thinking, what? Family, yeah. I have people in my house. Yeah. I, I open up for others. I yeah. mean, it's a bit intimidating. Yeah. What would you say to somebody who's in that space? Yeah. And then someone is probably saying, oh my gosh, I have nothing. What do I have? Yeah. And to I don't offer? have anything to offer. What you know, I'm not like so offer? and so. Yeah. So the most powerful thing I've learned is that um, I just, all I need is to share what I'm learning. Yeah. All I need is to share what I'm learning. And so, so, so you know, I'm not being asked to create any new thing, I'm not being asked to do something new. It's as simple as I had something from Pastor M and Pastor Carol. Yeah. I came and I repeated it uh, to my discipleship group. I had something in the message on Sunday, and I went and I shared it with my uh, with the people that I'm discipling. Wow. And I said, okay, here's what we are gonna do. You know, you talk. You know, last year we talked about let's get out of debt, and we're like, okay, are you getting out of debt? Are you getting out of debt? What do you need to get there? And so, so the conversation has been shaped already. You don't so have my to conversation be has been shaped for me. My conversation has been shaped it. for me. Um. Uh, you know, my disciple says to me, we are reading through the New Testament this year. Copy that's, paste. That's what you do. I just go and say, people. okay, we are reading through <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the New Testament this year. And that's not complicated. It's that's not the best part. It's not complicated. 
Um, There's yeah. someone ahead of you that you're learning from as you pass on to others. Exactly. I love exactly. It. I and love actually, it. that's made it easy uh, to even disciple. You know, for some people, it would be, I can't, you could feel, I can't disciple someone who's older than me or someone who's been in the faith longer than me. The lesson that God is teaching you is the lesson that, you know, that you pass on. The yeah. thing that your disciple is, is teaching you is the thing that you uh, teach to the person that you're discipling. So it's not super complicated. Wow, it's not wow. super complicated. Now, some of you are close to a physical campus. Maybe you'd like to join a discipleship group in that campus. Would really recommend it. Some of you are in places where there is no discipleship group. You're in countries yeah. where there's no Mavuno church. And we do want to have online groups that would help you connect with the family, even though you're away from home uh, or you're away from, uh, from this community. And so uh, there's a graphic on your screen. Drop us a line. Let us know if you'd like to be in a discipleship group. And we will do as best as possible. I will help you to get connected to a discipleship group. Uh, and we would love to see every single person of Mavuno Church uh, walking this journey of discipleship. Yep. Jesus did not call us to be just Christians. Yeah. He called us to be disciples. I think yep. that for me was such a big uh, thing as I read the word this Absolutely. week, as I, as I looked at the word this week. So yeah. we want to pray for you. Next week, we're starting a whole new series. Uh, it's about marriage. It's a it's an incredible series. Wow. It's like we... it's like going to be so amazing. Yeah. So Pastor James, if yeah. you could just pray for us yeah. as we conclude this series. And awesome. for those especially who are not in a discipleship group would like yeah. to join, yeah. or maybe uh, people who are already in a group but want to accelerate in their faith, awesome. that this will be a year when they will be strong and yeah. do exploits. I love it. Let's pray together. Our Lord and our King, we thank you for the privilege of being your sons and daughters. We yes, thank Lord. you for discipleship, the, the space that you have designed for us, a space for us to come and grow, to come and be stretched, to come and be equipped, but also to come and multiply, that as yeah. we are being discipled, we can in turn make disciples as well. Yes. I thank you for every person who's watching this and isn't in a discipleship group yet. We pray for a quick uh, and accelerated process into a group. Mm -hmm. uh, for those who may be in a place where we don't even have groups yet, we pray that you'll just chart a path for them to be able to start a group and uh, just yeah. become a part of our family as we go through uh, the experience of discipleship together. We thank you, Lord, for every person who's in an existing discipleship group. We thank you for the blessing of spiritual family. We pray that in 2023, these will become spaces of significant and dramatic acceleration. Yes. Acceleration in our faith, acceleration in our relationships, acceleration in multiplication, that as we're being discipled, we are becoming disciples to the glory and honor of your name, and that we will grow, uh, you know, we'll be accelerated, even in becoming like Jesus uh, and in spreading your love through every part of the world. We thank you for your goodness and for your love. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. 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 God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. Uh, we have prayer at 4.30 uh, tomorrow. Please join us. And we're just going to walk this year together. The people who know their God will be strong, strong and, and do, do exploits. exploits. May that be your testimony this year. God amen. bless you.